Gundog Notebook Podcast is presented to you by Onyx Hunt, crafted to be the number one digital mapping resource for hunters, anglers, and landowners. Download the Onyx Hunt app from your phone's app store today and use my promo code GDN20 for 20% off your Onyx subscription. If you want to get the most of your dog and your training sessions, you need nutrition that holds nothing back. Yukonuba's new premium performance line is built with the new nutrients dogs need to help unleash their maximum potential. That starts with providing energy that matches their efforts, supporting optimal nutrient delivery and supporting post-exercise recovery. Check out the new Yukonuba premium performance line and find your dog's fuel at yukonubasportingdog.com. I also want to give a special thank you and a special shout out and tell you guys to go check out Trinity Kennels, Trinity Bretons, uh, French Britneys is what they are working with. And um, I know I announced it before, but I'm going to say it again. Josh Reuter of Trinity Kennels is working very closely with me um, on providing a scholarship through my nonprofit non, uh, Minority Outdoor Alliance. Um, for a young aspiring minority um, uh, bird dogger, you know, someone looking to get into the uplands, wants an invite, wants to know how to get in um, and what to do and find some mentorship and a pathway to getting uh, into the literary game in the in the upland and outdoor culture. So anyway, guys, check out Trinity Bretons and thank you to Josh Reuter, as always for you know just being such a good friend and uh you know helping me out with this very large endeavor so check them out too guys all right and it's not gonna be too long before i introduce you guys to another new sponsor coming up but other than that guys i also want to thank dakota 283 kennels guys thanks to everyone that has used my promo code uh, GDN10 uh, for um, for a, a 10% off discount. Sorry, um, lost my voice for a second. But also Garmin Fish and Hunt. Go check them out, guys. Get yourself the new Garmin 200i or the Pro 550 Plus. That's my favorite uh, e-collar training tool and all of that, guys. So check them out, guys. Let's get to the show on the Gundog Notebook Podcast. All right, guys. So as we proceed into the next episode of the podcast, um, I want to first wish you guys, a, a, I hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving, um, you know, down here. We kept it simple, did what the CDC asked folks to do and and, and really limit, uh, you know, family gatherings and things like that. So we we, we did it with me, uh, my wife, my two little ones and uh, their grandma and granddaddy. And that was it. Um, so I hope you guys Thanksgiving was well. I'm actually now in in. What is my office? What is my recording, you know, operation and is now also 
uh, Mr. Avery Charles's <laughs> room. So we're splitting the room for a second. Um, I got the crib right over here to my right. So, um, and in attendance, I guess I should go ahead and announce we have a new co-host for today. <laughs> he is sitting right here in my arms, drinking, drinking his milk and just crying two seconds ago. But we got Mr. Avery Charles in the booth too, right here with us. Um, so Avery, welcome to the Gun Dog Notebook Podcast. Okay, there you go. All right, well, Avery says hello in his silent baby. I really want my milk <laughs> kind of look. Um, but anyway, before as we get to the, the podcast, I wanted to just give a couple of updates, a couple of shout outs and a couple of things like that. Um, there's been a few, you know, dope apparel and accessories um, companies out here that I really want to say thank you to. That first one being uh, Sightline Provisions Upland. Uh, Edgar, I really appreciate you getting me this wonderful, super dope leather bracelet with the uh, the metal bird dog on it. Um, I'm definitely a leather bracelet kind of kind of guy. Um, so you read me on that one. And um, another special, special, special thanks is to the good folks at at, at, at Tom Beckby. Um, you know, they sent me a. Uh, 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 the 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 vest the the new vest that came out it is the hold on I can tell you the exact name of it in two point five seconds let me get it Ugh. it is hard operating with a baby here there you go man there you go okay so the Tom Beckby uh, vest that I got was just, it's just called a sporting vest. Um, I got that. He sent me the twill sport shirt. Um, and of course I already had the field hat and I ordered the uh, orange band for it. So I will be down here, red Hill styling and profiling, um, while we're in the field. So I just wanted to say a special thank you to the good folks at Tom Beckman. and I look forward to, you know, uh, developing a better, uh, 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 a bigger, better relationship. Like I said, I met him, um, the owner of the company. I met him, uh, at the Orvis game fair. I think it was, was it last year? It had to be like either last year or the year before. But anyway, down in Tom, down in, um, at Purcell farms, I met him at the Orvis game fair. He's a super, super cool guy. Um, and pardon me, I'm super terrible with names. Um, weirdly enough, I call him Mr. Tom Beckby. So y'all are going to have to, uh, you know, I guess, excuse the informality. <laughs> I think I think that's what we just going to have to go with. But um, Tom Beckby just... The stuff that I really, really like, um, you know, in my clothing and just some of the things that, um, yeah, I know, man, some of the things that I really like to have on the uplands, um, particularly, particularly, um, it's made to last. I, I gave it a test run in the woods. Um, while I was guiding down here, um, some really nasty, thick stuff. 
thorns rub right off of them. Um, and the red clay inspiration on the inside, um, the red on the inside of the vest is, is something indicative of the red clay down here in the piney woods in Georgia and Alabama. And so that was just another thing that I am just really, really, really impressed by. Um, I, I could, I want to actually go through the origin. He says Tom Begbie's roots can be traced to the rolling red clay hills and hardwood bottoms of Alabama, borrowing from the native Choctaw Itumbi Ikbi, European uh, European settlers called the Big River flowing south towards the coast. Tom Beck Beck Tom Beckby, but it's got an, uh, an apostrophe, apostrophe over the e. The river's name evolved alongside a local aversion to hard consonant sounds. Becoming simply Tom Bigby, we grew up making trips to the secluded parcel near Tom, the Tom Bigby River. Those were times to connect with the outdoors and to gather with family. We fished in the heat of summer, mindful of autumn, autumn's harvest and cooler weather of the hunting season to follow. We honored that legacy of time in the field with each product we designed. And I think I can speak to that as well. Um you know, I don't know if I talk about Alabama as much as a significant place down here in, in Georgia and a piece of my hunting history and my tenure and things like that. Well, my grandma actually was born in Lockapoca, um, Alabama. And so I do, I've always had that connection there. Um, and then hunting just made it you know, even more ingrained going to Midway um, down by the Robert Whaley Preserve and hunting in Barber County and, you know, just doing all the things that, you know, make the South the South. So I just want to say all of that to say I'm really, really inspired and motivated by Tom Beckby and the company, the clothing, everything, the owners, just reach out to them. They got good stuff and definitely if you need something for Christmas to purchase, if you need a big ticket item that going to keep you looking good forever, go through Tom Beckby. Um, I know that was kind of a, a roundabout way of showing my support, but I um, I just really wanted to put that in there. Thomasville Center of the Arts. Um, I just got back last weekend from uh, a bird dog demo at the Rover Rally down in Thomasville, Georgia. I mean, it was a great time. I had a few laughs. Uh, Neil's dog definitely ran off the course. Um, Vegas held it down. He, he really looked like a rock star. Um, you know, solid points. None of the, you know, technical issues that I'm having with him right now, uh, which I'll talk about in a minute. But, I mean, Vegas looked like a million bucks out there in that little bird field. Um, so I just want to thank Miriam um, and the good folks down at Tom, the uh, Thomasville Center of the Arts um, and for having me back down there for a second year. If you guys get a chance, take a listen to my uh, Lay of the Land lecture. Um, I'm, I may I may put it at the end of this episode. Maybe I'll, I'll think about it. Um, I have to go back through the files and pull the original file there. But that was one of my, uh, I think that was my actual first 
you know, on stage kind of presentation, um, oratorial, if you want to call it, about, you know, my appreciation for the conservation and, and the Bob White quail of Thomasville, Georgia. And I, I got a chance to come back and show the same dog, show his development and really do some hands-on work. Neil was definitely a huge help. Uh, we got a chance to run dogs uh, after the uh, after the fact, and I'll have a few YouTube videos uploaded to my channel as well with just a few of those little videos. Um, I also want to thank Craig Banger. Um, Craig Banger and Michael uh, Michael Duggan um, for having me out at their... Um, I guess the spot out in Macon is is Mr. Duggan, Mr. Duggan's family property, but it's a beautiful place, plenty of wild birds, um, and I just want to thank them both for having me out and working dogs and Craig being so in, in enthusiastic about working dogs with me and training and supporting my journey and, and supporting the gun dog notebook. So, um, all that being said. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, Michael. And I look forward to getting back out there, um, you know, very, very, very soon. Um, so I wanted to also talk about Elements Nutrition and it works <laughs> to say the least. It works. So I've been running Vegas hard the last year, really both of my dogs, but particularly Vegas. Um, I've been running the brakes off of that dog over the last few weeks now. And um, I mean, I've I've been guiding. I guided this weekend, two days, uh, or not two days, but two mornings. So Friday morning and Saturday morning. Um, last weekend we had the demo, and 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 in between that, I worked out um, at I guess Michael Duggan's farm. We'll call it Hollywood Farms. Uh, and before that, we were hunting. I mean, I've been hitting the ground running with this dog um, as often and as much as I possibly can. And he has been able to hold up and look strong um, throughout the entire the entire hunt. I mean, Vegas or a few of my clients that were, you know, I was taking out the, the guests and they were like, yo, is this dog going to actually slow down? Like is, he he's still hunting hard. And that's what I like to see. I mean, a two and a half hour, three hour hunt, guided hunt, it's hard on them. I know it is. And that's also why I need more more dogs, um, which we are actually working on. My fingers are crossed that my wife will keep her openness to having a second puppy in addition to my setter that's coming. Fingers crossed. Let me keep myself on my best behavior. But, um, you know, until I get those dogs you know, up and running and broke, you know, I'm going to be running with Vegas and Ruger until then. And I need something that's going to keep them recovered, keep their muscles strong, keep their muscles, you know, intact, keep everything going the joints, everything and elements, nutrition, LLC has been my go-to source for that. Um, I have noticed a strikingly, different dog in the field. So what I'm also doing um, is pairing that right now I'm doing something a little bit different and y'all will hear it in this uh, podcast with David Johnson, but 
I'm actually not not like literally trying to do it, but quote unquote fattening my dog up. Um, so I'm actually feeding Vegas um, one more cup of feed than I normally would um, for these super long hunts. Because what I'm noticing is he's running hard. He's there, but I want him to have I still want him to have plenty in the tank to burn off. Um, his metabolism is something that I really, really uh, keep my eye on because he he's quick. I mean, these pointing dogs, they're quick to burn off and look like a bunch of skeletons. But um, so I'm feeding him an extra cup than I normally would two times a day um, in the hopes that it'll kind of do what they did to the all age dogs, which is bulk them up a little bit to give him something to work for. Hey, Avery. You got a burp, buddy? Yeah, that's a... You looking at a... Um, uh-oh, there you go. You burp. <laughs> you hear? Yeah, man. Okay, I ain't gonna hold y'all up too much with baby stuff. But... um, I will say... I am working on... Continuing to, to try different things and... and different solutions to keep my dogs not only looking strong over those long guided hunts, but also, um, you know, keep them looking stylish. Um, you can do, but man, as a matter of fact, I just got my, my shipment of, of new dog food, uh, tonight. Matter of fact, we dro- just dropped it off, but you can um, has done really, really well. I like the way it keeps my dogs looking. Their coats are look great, looking great. Um, the company in and of itself is is like family for us here. Um, and they were so kind and courteous um, to send Avery some baby clothes. And in addition to the TRCP, I wanted to thank them for doing the same thing. Um, but I'm working on figuring out the best way to keep my dog um, not only gunning it for the entire guided hunt, but also able to bounce back and recover and, and not run them down. Um, and I actually think that that's why he starts getting, you know, a little less tight at the end of at the, towards the end of our hunts. Tail isn't as intense and things like that, just because, you know, we need to I think I need to put a little more in the tank, you know, give him some burn off. So he, he's he's not as physically tired, but also two days of that is also hard on him. So. I've got a few technical things that I'm trying to work on um, with Vegas. Um, another big thing for me is him not really taking pen raised birds that seriously. And I understand that. Um, but I still want to do a little bit to um, tighten him up even on that. Because while I'm guiding at birds, they are, you know, pen raised. And then we go wild bird hunt on our own time. Um, and, and Vegas knows the difference. Um, I don't know if if I if I have the, the capability or capacity to get him to tighten up and staunch up more um, on on those birds on pen raised birds. But I'm going to definitely give it a home run try. Um, I'm going to have to bring the bird launcher back out um, and go to a very large field, you know, go to birds and, and just set up the entire situation. But just pop flush bird, birds every time Vegas, you know, even Vegas's tail is not near as tight as I want to. 
um, and let them chase, let them chase, let them chase it and do everything we need to do. But I'm going to keep pop flushing them birds every time Vegas' tail move, moves even an inch, you know, and see if that doesn't do it. Um, I'm not terribly concerned about it because, again, I use pen raised birds in the bird field um, at the Rover Rally demonstration, and he was super tight. So it may just be an issue of, you know, longevity and, and, and time on the field just wears him down. Um, Tommy Rice said something very interesting to me. I was at with him at the um, the National Open Shooting Dog Championship uh, last year. He let me borrow a horse, and you know, he, he he said like, you know, it's it's hard to keep a dog, keep everything one hundred percent, you know, pristine when they're when they're doing a long a long stretch like that. You know, there's something is gonna give, and. Uh, and so I understand that. So I just want to try my best to prevent that, prevent little technical things from breaking down in, in the field. Um, also, last couple of things. I'm working on a couple of stock and stuffers for you guys. I am working on some uh, Gundog Notebook patches, Cheyenne Kennels patches um, from Cappy Shack. In addition <laughs> to um orange uh richardson trucker hats i guess i hate saying trucker hats mesh caps we called them truckers back in the day but that's not it um orange richardson mesh caps uh one for gundog notebook and and a very 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 limited number of uh cheyenne kennels hats um you know it's my kennel project something i'm developing and building um, I'll probably make a few for me and, and, and a couple of buddies and do a little pop-up shop like I did once. So just kind of be on the look up, look out for that. Um, and yeah, man, are we done? I think we're about done. Yeah, I think we're about done. Um, Yeah. So anyway, with that being said, guys, I want to apologize for the lack of consistency in episodes. Usually I get them out on time every every week and things like that. But I am really still getting adjusted to being a double dad now and, and the hunting season still going on and me running around, ripping and running. I am actively working on the third uh, part of the Project Upland article uh, on pointer history. Um, I want to do some specific insights and some specific research on um, the pointers that made an impact um, on the history as derbies. I think that's a very significant part of. Uh, yeah, no, man, I think it's a very a significant part of a, of a, a field trial bird dog's life. So I'll get into that uh, more into the article. But anywho. Now that we are, uh, you know, 20 minutes into an intro, um, I want to go ahead and introduce you guys and get to opening up um, to a podcast that I've really been interested um, in getting done for a long time now. And Chris Mathen of Strideaway Field Trial set this up for me a long time ago, and I've just been chasing Mr. Johnson around trying to hopefully get him to pick up the phone call, and he finally did. Um, 
So, guys, we got Mr. The Legendary. I mean, I'm, and I do mean legendary. David Johnson on the podcast uh, tonight. He was one of the great, great, great scouts for the Gates, uh, the Gates family, uh, particularly John Rex Gates. And uh, he was around in the, in the heyday of field trials. Um, African-American scout that legit went down to knowing his dog's footprints and all kinds of stuff like that. So he gets into that into the podcast, guys. But anyway, um, here is David Johnson on the Gun Dog Notebook podcast, guys. I do know y'all will enjoy All right, this is another episode of the Gun Dog Notebook podcast. This time, I got Mr. David Johnson on. And Mr. Johnson, how's it going? This is going to be a good episode. All right. Okay, okay. So, uh-huh. Mr. Johnson, start off. Um, you you told me last time we spoke you're not in the you're not working dogs anymore. When was the last time you uh were into the field trial thing and and, and handling dogs and scouting? Oh, and the field trial, the mm-hmm. scout, it, it's done been uh, probably two years. Two years. So, uh-huh. was that you stopped right before? Mr. Gates died. Robin Gates. Oh yes, uh huh. I started. I started training dogs. Oh, back in. Oh, when was it? I'm thinking. Uh, probably sixty nine. Okay. Back in sixty nine, when I started. Okay. But no. Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I believe I, I believe I trained Robin. Now that we on the topic, though, talk about you you training uh training Robin. Like, how did that work out? Talk about that. Well, uh, back when I when I started, Robin Robin was still in school, and uh, he wasn't he wasn't hardly fooling with dogs, and you know. Mm-hmm. And then. Uh, he come, you know, come along and know, and then he start, and then and he start the fooling with dogs, son, you know, and and I was there, and I was there hipping him and showing him some stuff, you know, about dogs, okay, about training dogs, okay. So what was mm-hmm. at at that age? What what is it that you would have been telling him about, like foundations and, and getting started? Uh, like foundations, you know, about, uh, what to look for, you know, the tale about, about, about dogs and showing him, you know, about yard working dogs mm-hmm. and, and, and how to start a dog. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, when you did that, you started working for. Well, it was it was his dad because I know you scouted for John Rex too. But did you start with their dad? Uh, uh well, no, nah, his dad his dad had just stopped. Okay. And and turned everything over to John Rex. Okay. When I started, gotcha, mm-hmm. gotcha. Now, how did you yeah. how did you come into contact? You got you got to take me all the way back to how you even met those guys. Oh well, uh, the way I met those guys, uh, I know them, you know, before I started the training dogs. Mm-hmm. 
Uh-huh. And and the way I got in touch with them, uh, my cousin and and another guy, you know, that I know them, and they was working for them then. Uh, David White mm-hmm. and Tommy Long was working was working for him. Knows your cousin. And, and and we used to hang out together. And so I started to go into the kennel with them, you know, like on weekends just just to help them feed feed dogs mm-hmm. and do that kind of stuff. And and John S. Gates, he was there, you know, and uh when I would come up, you know, and help them and evidently, you know, he was kind of watching me, you know, mm-hmm. and the dogs they was take they was taking to to me good, okay. and he said that looked like the dogs just had a just had a knack, you know, to just responding to me. Okay, and he was the one that asked me first, you know, about about working about working for him then. Okay, so John S. Gates did. Gotcha. Yes, John. Yes, John S. Gates. Okay. And so I started, and when I started, you know, I I, I was just a kennel boy then. Okay. Now, was and, this down here in Albany? Uh, yes. Okay. Well, well Leesburg. Okay. Was, Lee County. Leesburg. 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 But, but, okay. Yes, uh-huh. Lee County, yes. Uh-huh. Okay. Cool. Mm-hmm. And so that was there. Okay. Okay. All and right. so then I started working for him, you know, cleaning the kennels and, and doing and doing that kind of stuff. And I done that, you know, the first year. And then uh when they went to Canada, I didn't go the first year. I was still there, you know. And really? then the next they, they year would, they wouldn't let you go the first year? Uh, no, n- not then because they still they still had a bunch of dogs that that they left at the kennel. Okay. In Leesburg at that time. Okay. And so I stayed there, you know, because John John Gates, he was still there too, and and he wasn't he wasn't able, you know, to take care of them then. So mm-hmm. that's what I did. Gotcha. And then. The next year, they took all everything to Canada. It was a, I think it was probably a hundred and twenty-five dogs. Good so, Lord, man! <laughs> <laughs> what do y'all do with a hundred and twenty-five dogs? <laughs> God. Well, <laughs> well, it was. <laughs> it was a. Uh, let's see, time alone. Ira Fleming. <laughs> it was about it, it. It was four other guys went besides myself. Okay. And uh, and everybody had dogs. You know, they had a certain amount of dogs to work. How many did you have? Well, the first year I started, uh, I had I had uh, what was it? I probably. Twenty dogs to work. Dang man! But I mean, and, that's over and, the course uh, of a few days. Were they were these young dogs or or broke dogs? Yes, yes, all young dogs, all okay. young dogs. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
Gotcha. Yeah, follow young dogs. And we take about half of them each day. And then, you know, like uh, we had a dog wagon. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to ask you about that wagon, too, because, you know, uh, Randy Anderson just had it rebuilt. Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. I want to ask you about that, son, but keep going. Again, each one of us put a certain amount of dogs on that wagon. And then so like uh, when we leave out in the morning, we we would leave. And we each one of us, I work a dog uh, every brace. Each one of us would work a dog. And, and we work dogs until uh, – until, Everybody done worked all with the dogs. Well, then, well, then we, well, then we would come back in. Mm-hmm. Come back in the camp, and then get started early. About was, early every morning while it's while, while while it's good and cool. I was gonna say now about what time y'all start? About five. Uh, we start about six. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, y'all were y'all were loading about, up and hitting it, hitting the fields at at six on the dot. Yes, about six o'clock, maybe a little after, we'll be getting started. Okay, okay. Now, mm-hmm. let me ask you this: Was it <sighs> when you when you guys went to Canada? Like, what mm-hmm. was, what? How did y'all uh, describe the trip on the way there? Because what I like, um, I read Ed Mac Farrier's book. And he described that trip really, really, really uh, detailed. And I and I understand like y'all loaded dogs on trains and things like that. Like, talk about the the the, the commute. We we done them by we we done them by truck. Okay. And uh, we all and the truck was at, at that time we weren't taking no horses. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had we had two trucks. We had a uh, a big truck, C seventy uh, Chevrolet truck, okay. and, that, and that truck, you know, we had just all dog holes on it, all kind of, and then we had a pickup with uh, another dog box on it. And so we 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 leave Leesburg, and we would drive. Our first stop would be in uh, Rockville, Indiana. Okay. And then we stop there, and then we take all the dogs off. We had steak chains. What about we had them all staked out? And so we would stay there overnight. And then yeah. let the dogs out to know and let them rest. Then next day we start off again, load up early early morning and start off. And y'all y'all were chasing sharp tails out there, huns. Uh yes, hunch, yes, huns. And then uh and prairie chickens. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, did you know yep. that? Did you know when y'all were getting them dog them them dogs going? 
um, especially for the young dogs that you was working, did you notice that the young dogs got broke or, or broke themselves better to, to prairie chickens or huns? Did you have a preference? Well, they done better on the prairie chicken. Okay. Because uh, we never seen a whole lot of huns. It wasn't it wasn't enough huns to break them on. But though we broke them good, you know, on the prairie chicken. Mm-hmm. Because the prairie chickens would sit would sit uh, longer, you know. Yeah. That a dog can get. Okay. But those those huns, whenever those huns get up, they those huns will fly. Now they goes. Okay. And you then you then get the work down, you know, much because yeah. they fly so much. Those huns were just like a feather. When a feather get up, you know the way they just fall. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it was it was kind of did y'all did y'all like running y'all's dogs on pheasants if you came across them? Yeah, if we came across them, but we never did. Okay. Okay. This was later in the year after after we got back. South, it was one tribe that uh, we would go to. That's where we seen we seen those feathers. Okay, but and because these, these was wild bird trials in Canada, right? Uh, these wild were, bird, yeah. Okay, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yes, but the prairie chickens they were good, uh, especially you know, like when it's one day out, you know. Uh huh. They would get up, and when they fly, if it's if it's sort of a we call them bluff, didn't see any. It would just like, the bushes run, and a lot of them, you know, they would just they would just go from bush to bush. Okay, so the dogs started to figure out to hunt them bluffs. It's a hunt. Okay. Yeah. Because especially when it's warm day out, they just get up and go to one one bush. Then you can flush from there, and then then a lot of times they go back to the same one. Just back and just and you just watch them, and that's the way you know you re- really could get good work on them with young dogs. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So, what was for so? On the road there, like what? Give me a. You got a memory about being on the road with those guys? Like, what was that information like? Y'all swap stories, or or, or how'd that go out? Oh yes, uh huh. Just swap stories, you know, and, and especially you know, like uh, you get to seeing the same guys, you know. Mm-hmm. And then you can just swap stories, you know, with them, you know, and just. Just stuff like that, you know, and that was and that was and that was good, you know, because you know all of the guys, especially you know, like when you start when you start going to the field trials, you know, you get to seeing all the same guys all the time, you know, and mm-hmm. let me, around, you know, and talk about dogs. <laughs> let, let me ask you this: 
Did you um a, a couple of things, but let let me ask you this, and and this is something that I thought I think about all the time. Field trialing ain't easy nowadays, like these days. So, what was it that kept y'all in the game back then? Because I know it had to be rough on y'all, and and even looking at the dog wagon and all of that, like what what is it that kept y'all running that many dogs? Not sure if they were going to become the champions that they did. Well, back then, uh, now all the dogs we, the, all the dogs we took to Canada were none of the trial dogs. A lot of them, you know, were just hunting dogs, you know, and that kind of thing. Just for clients but, of y'all's? Uh-huh, yes, okay. for all different clients. But our trial dogs, like it would be. We we had our trial dogs, this which well back then, you know, I guess everybody then was we all ran lots of dogs, I'm gonna say probably twenty dogs or so. Okay. That uh, we would take the field trials. That was that was our all age and derbies all all together. Okay. And uh but Canada, we didn't work our trial dogs all the time. Our trial start start was started in Canada. Oh, I'm gonna say probably. Oh, just say it's a trial that started probably the last of uh, August. Mm-hmm. Well, we wouldn't work our trial dogs probably. Two weeks, two weeks before, before trial starts. Right. Because yeah. uh, you can easily power your older dogs mm-hmm. on those prairie chickens and have and have them where they they, they just sour easy on them. Really? Yeah, huh? They'll just get to where I tell. It's just like when you first start one with pigeons. You're working too much on pigeons. Mm-hmm. They're just where they don't want to the corner. You know what? So my my little dog now, he uh I and I like him. He broke, you know, real nice dog. That dog does not operate the same on pigeons and planted birds as he does on wild birds. He it's almost like he don't even respect them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. They would show, they would get that way on those on those furry chickens. So that's why you can't work them too much on those chickens to keep them to keep them sharp on them. Mm, okay. So now, how often would y'all take them dogs out then? Maybe once, twice a week, if that. Uh, yes, if that, yes. But we just rolled them a lot, and that's why the older dogs we never start fooling with them. We know to probably two weeks before the field trial start. Gotcha. But not. Other dog, the other working dogs, the dogs that are we breaking. Well, now we start on them when we first get there, you know. And so, and then we can work them the full time. That they would be all right to work all time on mm-hmm. because you're just starting them on them, so they would be fine on them. Right. But they they ain't had enough sugar from the candy store yet. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. They ain't had uh-huh. enough sugar yet. That's how I see it. Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
now and, but, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, you fine. Go ahead. I was, I was, I was gonna ask you, what was your favorite? Did you like prefer, or did you prefer working derbies, or did you prefer working older dogs? Well, I enjoy working derby, starting them. Mm-hmm. But though the the older dogs too, you know, like. I enjoyed them too, you know, working them too, uh, keeping them sharp, field trials, and for run for running in field trials. But I, I, I enjoy working derbies, starting them, because I just like to just watch them. You know, when you start them, and you can tell about them. You know, about what kind of nose they're gonna have. You know, about mm-hmm. what the dog's gonna be. And so now I now I enjoyed that too. Did you have any like? Did you have any indicators that would tell you something might might be a little different about a particular puppy over you know all the other ones in, in that you might have been working? Uh, yes, uh huh. What was that? Uh, the puppies, you know, when they're small, I like to just watch them. And you can kind of tell about which one is going to have more bird sense mm-hmm. than than others, because the way they go after butterflies, okay, the way they go out, you know, and you can see how much point they're going to have them just by when they start with butterflies and doing that kind of stuff. Okay, but now if you catch one, you know. That they know don't never want to look at a butterfly, won't never hold it, point a butterfly. When they start that, now those, to me, that dog ain't going to have much point in him. Mm-hmm. And he ain't going to, he ain't going to have much point in him. And you can kind of watch them and see how they're going to respond by going to birds, whether they're going to be a good bird finder. Okay. Oh, so you, you have to kind of, you have to look for all that in them, you know, as, as, as they're growing up. Then you can kind of tell about which dog will be, have more bird sense, you know, and that kind of stuff. Okay. Okay. Now, Let's let's talk about that dog wagon that Randy Anderson just restored. Now, did you know he was restoring that? Like, were you a part of that process at any point? Uh, no, I wasn't. But did you did you no, dri- did you drive the wagon any? Oh yes, I I, I drove I, I drove it a bunch. I drove that wagon. <laughs> Man, tell the, tell me about what that was like. Was paint paint and stone boat. Those were the the horses that we used to use to pull that wagon. Oh yeah, paint and stone yeah. boat. Uh huh. Okay, tell tell me about yeah. like, did, was it just a rotation? Did they pick? Was it consistent? How did they decide on how y'all were riding and 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 what memories you have of of being up there? Uh, the riding. Mm-hmm. Well. We had all of our horses was all was uh was Canadian Canadian horses. Okay, so you they weren't Tennessee they was Walkers. Already they was Canadian in Canada already. Okay, yeah, they weren't like yeah. I, I guess Tennessee Walkers. They would have been here. Uh, what what kind so, of Canadian horses? Well, to me, well now they had a, a little walk to them, but 
They was pretty close to quarter horses. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Y'all use what y'all had. Y'all use what y'all had available. Yeah, use what we had available. Okay. Does, <laughs> does it matter to have a Tennessee Walker? Well, later later years we started to taking take take taking some with us. Later years, mm-hmm. we started we started hauling them. But then you know, uh, most of the trainers was was in their own their own horses up there, you know. But uh, the landowners that we had, that's where all of they was the one you know that sleep after all of our horses for us when we wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And I guess oh, we had enough horses to accommodate us all for to have two horses each. Okay. Okay. But later years, then then we started we started taking a few. Okay. But then you know, along and along within everybody. Everybody began to haul their own horses up there because the ones that was that they had up there, you know, was kind of rough horses. Mm-hmm. So then everybody began to haul their own mostly. Okay. So later, later years that that they did. Now, but when I first started, we all used Canadian horses. <laughs> okay. Okay. Now the rumor is you was a two horse man. They said you were running the brakes off of, off of one horse and you needed another one. <laughs> yeah, quite a bit. Okay, so tell me about that. How did how how did how why you doing so bad, man? <laughs> well, we wasn't doing it. We, we wasn't doing it bad, but the dog, the caliber of dog that we were running uh-huh. back in then, the dog. Well, I said back in then we we ran some good dogs. But the dogs that we ran, they just traveled so far and so fast. What What you mean? What about a mile out, mile mile and a half, half a mile? Uh yes. Okay. Now, like now, like Canada is reopening, opening up there. Mm-hmm. Now that's where you really can see one roll. Fuzz that I can see, you can see one. Really? Well, you used to because if that everything was open, mm-hmm. but now you got a lot of a, a, a lot of fences now. Okay. But but block fences. But back then we had fences. But first that I can see, wow. you can see a dog. So you needed a horse and, that could roll with them, and you needed horses. Because back then, I'm going to say, of all of the trainers that were going to Canada, back then, I'm going to say probably 70% of your dogs wouldn't come back. You really? had to go in there and catch them. You had to go in there and get them. Now, how did y'all do Did y'all run horses, ran them down, or how did that work? Yes, we took horses and run them down. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, what what were what were some of the dogs you had? Didn't y'all have what was it? Texas Flight. Y'all had uh, Paladins Royal Flush Royal. Talk about some of the dogs that y'all ran. Well, 
just say like Texas Spice, 90% of everything that he won, it was in open country. Really? Like uh, Canada, Oklahoma, Texas, in open country. And tight wooded area like it is down around Albany and Leesburg and places like that. Mm-hmm. Never finished in that much. Okay, it was just too tight for him. Too tight for him. What was a good dog that you thought ran well down here in the uh in 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 the piney woods? Well the caliber dog that uh back then that we was running, they all ran that way. Mm-hmm. But see that's where you got the kind of know your dog mm-hmm. and if you know your dog if birds and stopping if you kind of know your dog mm-hmm. the scout kind of know where the dog is going which way he's going and if it's not all directly to the front if you're going to cast to the side or whatnot well, then you got a chance, you know, that you can go and cut him off and catch him and kind of help him to get back to the front. Okay. But then, you know, like you got one that, that uh, handled well, but he still was a big running dog. You know, if he wasn't pointed, he was going to come back and show Let's see, like, we had all caliper adults. You had some that would just run, and you had to get them and help them get back. But then some of them, you know, they're big running dogs, but if they didn't point, they would they would come back. But see, then that's where the scout's going to come in. He got to go and find that dog on point. Mm-hmm. But if you kind of know your dog, you kind of know of a vicinity to go look to find that dog. Because you know you got a big dog, you know he's a he's a right hand dog or a left hand dog. What but I mean now, by what, right hand dog. I was going to say, what do you mean by that? Okay. If this dog, if he, if if he leaves, if you turn him loose, and he leaves straight away, you know whether he's gonna keep going straight or which way he's gonna be in. If he's gonna turn left, well, you know the the look more on the left for him. Okay. So some of them gonna go, then some of them are turn left. Then some of them will go right. Okay. That's, so you were that's that, why, you were looking for that dog's most natural tendencies. Yes. Okay. Yes, because back because back then we didn't have tracking collars. Mm-hmm. Oh, I wanted to know because I heard you were the you were the man. You I heard you could track a dog down by his footprint. I know my dog's footprint. Get out of here, man! Tell you all right. So how did you figure that out? <laughs> well. 
you know what size foot your dog's got. Mm-hmm. And you you know whether he runs flat-footed or run on his toes. Because of the way that the foot would be planted in the dirt. way the foot planted in the dirt. God, man. Why, y'all were... <laughs> Mr. Johnson, you know I don't know the size of my dog's foot, right? <laughs> well, so you, you got to know your dog. That's, that's why I say you got to know your dog. I mean, no, man, I I got this little young dog, man, bro. He L huge, you know, look look like a carbon copy of snake foot minus a couple of patches, right? Like he it, it, he you can tell it's in him, and I like that 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 bloodline. It's a shooting dog. It ain't all it ain't no all age, but um. You know, I thought I was doing well, man. Like <laughs> I had him broke. You know, he good on wild birds. I'm thinking I'm big and bad. And mm-hmm. you out here, I don't know. I don't know the size of my dog's foot. Well, you you just look at it. Okay. Now some dogs, some dogs that foot, you know, they got a big foot, but now they just they just like a person. Some people they walk they walk with a heavy foot. What I mean by heavy foot, mm-hmm. you can notice the strike. Mm-hmm. If they walk with a heavy foot, you can tell how deep the heel goes in the ground when the heel hit the ground. Right. If they light footed, when the heel hit the ground, they ain't gonna hardly make no print. Gotcha. Okay. And you can. And you can tell, you know, instead of putting the heel down first, if they walk, if they walk light footed, you can tell some of them when they put the foot down, the heel don't go in, the toe go in the ground. Really? And not much heel print. Dog, dog, the same way. Was that was that some John John S or John Rex Gate taught you, or that was something you learned on your own? I learned on my own. Dang man. No. Okay. I thank God for giving me talent to notice that in dogs. And that's why, you know, me and dogs had a had an had a night together. Dogs liked me mm-hmm. and the dogs looked for me. Now as do, I look for them. Do you think you or y'all or any of the handlers back then, do you think that y'all were heavy handed or do you think that's just what it took to get those dogs in, in the right frame of mind? Well, some, some people, you know, is heavy handed, but I try to do just what it takes to keep the dogs in the right temperament. Okay. So, you know, like sometime, you know, when you stole a dog, mm-hmm. like back then, if a dog messed up in the field, you could discipline that dog in the field. Even during the trial? Even Well, during the trial, you couldn't. Okay, I was about but to say, I know I know it happened. Now, you just he, had to take them, you know, yeah. around the corner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But now, if he, do, if he did enough to be picked up, in a trial, that's what I disciplined right there in that trial. Okay. And it was all right then. But now, nowadays, you can't do that. Right. No, they, <laughs> man, they <laughs> kick you off them fields, man. <laughs> yes. They kick but you now, off them fields. Yeah. Yeah. 
But now back then, it wasn't nothing to say it. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, did you run with? Um, all right, I'm gonna ask you about some dogs, but I also want to ask. First of all, Mr. Johnson, are you from Georgia, Tennessee? I'm from Georgia. Okay, Leesburg, Georgia. Leesburg, Georgia. Leesburg, you know, Georgia. you know, I went to Albany State. Did I tell you that? Uh, no, you didn't. Okay, yeah, man, I ran, I ran track for Albany State. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. all right. You know, I got in a whole <laughs> lot of trouble in Leesburg, man. Oh, okay. I got you know. Right. I, I I had uh-huh. I had me some 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 good times, but I meant to tell you that last time we were talking. But look. Oh, okay. Well, all right. Yeah. yeah. Leesburg, I was born and raised in Lee County. Okay. 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 <laughs> what um what year? What what's your birthday? My birthday is June the fourteenth. Okay. 50, well, I was born June the fourteenth, fifty three. Okay. 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 Mm-hmm. So now, all right. Yep. So I got to ask you a couple of things. Number one, at what point, as far as you having multiple horses, um, I'm big into thoroughbred horse racing. I used to watch with my, I, I still do, but I watch it with my granddaddy all the time. And, and I think there's a relationship between men, dogs and horses. And you are a, 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 a hell of a horseman. You know, we all know that. Um, mm-hmm. what do you think it is that we learn from as men that we learn from horses that to to take to dogs? Well, horse gotta gotta like dogs too. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't have several horses that would show me where dogs at. Really? Mm-hmm. They just you learn know, the dog's tendencies. Mm-hmm. Just like uh, you riding one horse, working dogs, the way you get to be the the go to that dog, that horse get 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 the same feeling that you do when you go finding them dogs. Mm-hmm. And you can watch your horse's ears. A horse can hear fifty times better than a human. Okay. You can be riding that horse, and a lot of times, you know, if you're watching, because them ears are sitting right there in your face. Gotcha. Okay. You out there looking for that dog, you watch that horse's ears. Whenever he hears, you he, he take that ear and turn that ear to the way that sign's coming from. And you just follow the ears. Wanna, yeah. And then if you watch that ear, when you turn that ear to the way that sign's coming from, well, then, you know, like that's if you know your horse, well, then you kind of know which direction to go to. Okay. So but your horse is a giveaway. Had, yeah. Mm-hmm. I had one horse. The horse was smaller than I was. I'm riding him. He tried to go one way. And I just make him go the other way. He can hear that dog. He's trying to go to that dog for me. But it took me a while to figure to get that figured out. Really? And then that's when I ride the horse. I always ride him with a real loose rein. I call it I call it being light handed. Riding with a loose range, you know, instead uh-huh. of choking up on him. Yeah. Riding with a loose rein. I like a horse like that. I like a horse like that. Like that I don't have to 
keep too much of mine to, you know. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of times that horse note riding that way, drift, not going where you kind of heading. Mm-hmm. He kind of drift off, yep. and I just start letting him drift the way that he would be wanting to drift. And then I get to going, then I said, hmm, I hear my dog in. <laughs> there you go. So <laughs> is that what made you such a good scout, man? Like just knowing those little quirks? Yes, those little quirks. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, did you know Man Rand and Peck, uh, Kelly? Did you run with those guys too? Well, not Peck, but I did with Man Rand. Tell me about that. I heard Man Rand was that was was the man around town. Well, he was, but you know, most people never never paid any attention. But now, Man was the man. But now that was Ryan Sagefield. Uh huh. Where he was from? Yep. The, there and Grant Junction, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And there, but anywhere else, he was lost. Really, those two places was same. And see, and man, they never ran more than two dogs, and they ran those dogs so much on their own home grind. Those dogs know those grinds. Okay, that's how they were winning with them. That's, that's how they was winning. Mm, okay. And Dan knows his own ground. He knows every cutoff point. And man, dogs, you know, they was they would go, they would run good, but them dogs would go out there and stop and wait on them. Really? Mm-hmm. You don't want? Oh, okay. See, I didn't know that. Th- these are the things that aren't told uh, in the stories. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So and that's why they won so much on home ground and Grand Junction. Okay. Now, what was, mm-hmm. what, what do you think, what do you think was the trickiest course? I want to, I want to talk about black handlers and scouts a little bit, but, but I, I have a, a couple of other questions. What do you think was the trickiest course for you to get around? The trickiest course for me to get around. <laughs> well, I would say the uh, the invitational. The Quail Invitational? Paducah, in Kentucky. Okay. Really? Uh-huh. Why, because why was there, that? Because there, the courses, you know, they tried to run, well, not tried, but anyway, the courses, they kind of parallel one another too much. And they was always turning, crisscrossing one another all the time. Okay. And lots of times those dogs will go out there, you know, when time for them to cross one of those courses, they'll smell the morning tracks or the eating tracks. Then those dogs will turn and be lined at the wrong course. Okay. Because, you know, like the horse tracks, when a dog get off and get lost, well, not well, not lost, but when they get off, and a lot of times they hit them horse tracks, and they think that's the way they're supposed to be going, then they'll take them. 
Okay. Then they go. So they, the the dogs are using the horse tracks as a, as a way to get around, but they get mixed up just in the. They get they get them confused. Okay. There's one way to prevent confusion, at least on the human side of things, um, and that's confusion in the field, man. Go get Onyx Hunt. Go get the Onyx Hunt app. Uh, download it. Use my promo code TGDN20 and get yourself 20% off. Save yourself a world of headache in the woods and in the field. I even had a situation uh, this past weekend where I needed to use it to mark some of the spots and some new areas I was uh, running at Birch. Onyx Hunt. Go get it today. Did you have a did you ever have a dog that that never got lost like that? Well, yes. Uh-huh. Which one was that? Uh the most one that never that, that that didn't get lost. Okay, like uh this now this was later was was later years. Uh Texas Silverspur. Okay. He was one that that was like that, you know, he never would bike track on a horse track. Like the same way that you're going, he would hit a horse track. Mm-hmm. And I don't know whether he can tell whether it's a warm track or a cold track, but he didn't, but he didn't bike track on a, on a horse track. Okay. okay. And, some dogs, you know, are just smarter than others. They know not to backtrack. But now, I haven't had a bunch of them that hit a horse track and they're backtracking. Right. And so then they're coming in behind the gallery. Well, now, coming in behind the gallery, I had, I, I, I had a bunch of them do that. But now, that one, but now they still run, running the track forward. Mm-hmm. But now they are hit a track and go backwards on them. So did, was there any way for y'all to ever correct that, or you just had to? That was just a dog. That was just a dog. Okay. Okay. That was just a dog. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Now, what w- what was the easiest for you for for you to navigate as a scout? The easiest, I think, is uh, Lake City, Florida. Lake City. Okay. What? Yeah, why, why is that? Well, Lake City, uh, they die in a little in, in a little blackjack country, you know. Mm-hmm. Kind of little roll, kind of little rolling hills, and you can see, and you can see pretty good down there, you know. Mm-hmm. And so. The courses down there, you know, they laid out simple, and they pretty pretty straight courses. And to me, they they easy to cut off courses, just like uh, if one going going away, and you need to cut it off, you you know where where it's gonna turn at, right? And it's easy to get around and get to the front easy. So, I I just I just like the, the Florida Championship. Okay, that's in Lake City. To me, it's easy, but you can easily lose a dog because ninety percent of the cover it's about dog it's about dog high. 
and it's got, they got quite a few black jacks. But the cover, a dog, and a lot of the most of it, a dog can run in it. If he's a flat running dog, he can run in. He can run, and you can't see him. What you mean, a flat running dog? Well, most most dogs you know if they're running, if they're running through cover, a flat running dog, you know they just mostly just run level. But lots of dogs when they're running in in cover, they kind of jump a little, you know, mm-hmm. kind of rise a little in it. Mm-hmm. And see a dog like that, you know, you can see them because they kind of pop out of it, then they go in, right. pop up, and go back down. Right. But a flat running dog, he just runs flat and he and and he never strides up. Just kind of bulldoze through it. Yeah. Yeah, just kind of bulldoze his way through it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah. now what all right, I'm gonna go through a list because I wanna I'm I'm I wanna make sure. So we know you worked with Texas Fight. He yeah, had thirty nine. He had thirty nine winners, one hundred sixty seven placements, and twenty from twenty two different dams. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was. It, it sounds to me like that. That was that John Rex's favorite dog. Well, no, but uh, he was just a, a big winner for John Rex. Okay, but now he had several of them right there in the same boat that won about the same amount. So he had Country Squire, Paladin's Royal uh-huh. Flush, Paladin's Royal Air. <laughs> he had Paladin, yeah. Ariel. Paladin. Yeah. You did you have Paladin? Uh yes, uh-huh. Tell, tell me about Paladin. Well, Paladin He was a he was a I'm gonna say he was a, a in between dog. What you mean? What I mean by in between he wasn't quite big enough for a top all these dog, but he was in between uh, all these dogs and shoot dog. You know, you had them twisting in, in between dogs. Mm-hmm. Now that's what he was, but he was a super bird dog. Had a nose on him. Had a nose on him. Okay. And you can take a super bird dog. And do quite a bit of winning with a super bird dog because whenever you turn him loose, he's always gonna find game. Yeah. And he loved it. He was a performance dog. What I mean by performance dog, you can take him out and work him all day long. He'd just be out there. He he'd just be a slouch. Mm-hmm. He liked working. being seen. He liked being seen. Okay. You turn him loose in a field trial, he's an altogether different dog. That he loves he loves competition. That's what I say. He loves competition. Okay. Competition, he's gonna make you work. And he's always working to beat his brake mate. All he the might time. not beat nothing else, but he's gonna beat his brake mate. Okay. I like that, man. I I like that in a dog. You know, yes, I, I I'll take yeah. a little bit of that, uh, a little bit of that all age off if I can get a dog with that. That's grit, man. That's what you're talking about. That's what you're talking about. That dog got some grit in him. So he got it. You you had Paladin. Um, mm-hmm. You had Riggins White Knight. Did you, I know you handled White Knight? 
No, no, I didn't have him. You didn't have, but you, you, did you no. run against him? You handled him? Yeah, I run, I ran against him. Okay, the, uh, against uh, Billy, Billy uh, Hoyle Eaton and Billy Morton. Yes, uh huh. Yeah, that was it. you know, Billy <laughs> is a good friend of mine. I'm finishing up an interview with him too. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I'm trying to get that. Yeah. So you ran against that. Did you have Arkansas Ranger? Uh, no, I didn't. Warhoop Jake. Uh, no, Warhoop War, War Jake. Uh, didn't. I, ble- I believe that was Hall League. Really? I, I, think I so. thought that was John Rex. Okay, never mind. I got my my, my dogs mixed up. What? What now? If he was, that would. It, it was it, it was before I started. Okay. What was another one that you remember working with? Oklahoma Flush. Okay. Hilario Forty Klein. Okay. Now, Special Duty. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, did you, with Oklahoma Flush, what was some notable moments from that dog? <laughs> you seem well, to like to him. Me, I, you like you like him. Yeah, I did. Okay. Yeah. Now he was a big dog, but with him, looked like he was running in slow motion. By he was being big. Mm-hmm. But if you ever take your eyes off of him, he was gone. You done missed it. Yep, you done missed it. Wow, and and he was a good bird dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Now, did you did you mentor any scouts or or anything like that? Did you bring any up? Uh, no, I didn't. Okay. The ones that uh the ones that I brought up, you know, they never stayed any long. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that Ron Ron Smith. That worked for Billy Wayne. Yep, yep. That he's one of them. Okay, so you got one in there. <laughs> yeah, he's got, one of them. Okay, yeah. Billy Wayne got got me connected to his daddy. Okay. That's, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I, yeah, I I got he's connected to him. Yep. So all oh. right. So you now you grew up in Leesburg. Now now tell me this: Are you are you familiar with the uh, the Black Handlers? Uh, club down there in Thomasville? Uh, yes, I am, but I never did ever associate with it, though. But uh, I, just, I just learned about it later years. Okay. I'm a part when of I, that I club. It, it wasn't there. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I would, I don't know, man. I was, I was actually just down there. I'm a part of that club. Um, you know, and I come and, and run dogs with those guys and things like that. Um, I think it'd be interesting if y'all if y'all got a chance to meet each other, man. I don't know if y'all have ever met, but well, yeah, nah, I have met him before. Mm-hmm. But see, uh, when I met him, uh, just like the the guys from Thomasville, and then the one you know from Pine Love, Blue Springs, and all those guys, you know that's in that club. Mm-hmm. Well, see, like I know them all, but. When I was down in Albany, uh, they wasn't they they wasn't having that club back then. Right. But yeah, because that club started after, in the seventies, eighties. 
Yeah, but after I left from after I left from that part of the country, where then that club came together. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Now all that came together afterwards. So what was it like? I try to imagine what what it was like being down in Albany, Leesburg, and all of that stuff in the the fifties, the sixties, the seventies. What was it like? culturally as a black dog man down there was it i mean was it tough like it was tough mhm yes it was tough what it was tough what, what do you mean by that man. well you know uh back then as a black man the only thing black a black man done back then you know was uh was scout mhm because we couldn't own we couldn't own dogs, right? No, we couldn't own dogs then. Well, you know, it wasn't it wasn't well, I guess we could, but but back then, you know, we, it just wasn't on black cleaners. We were just doing it then as a living. Mm-hmm. And the only way to start it out as doing it for a living was scouting. Right. But now if you was on a plantation on a plantation, you know, you could get to be a handler on a plantation. Okay. Because the plantations, you know, they always be having parties doing stuff like that then. So you could handle a dog, you know, in hunting parties and doing that kind of stuff, you know, being a dog trainer on a plantation. Yeah. But that for the public, but out for the public, as a black man, that's pretty much all you can do then, you know, is a scout. Okay. But then, you know, it, things begin to change to where the black guys start coming up, you know, and getting their own dogs, doing their own thing. Later years, you know, when it wasn't so much, I said back back down in the South, mm-hmm. where it wasn't so much crazy, it's just it's what's going on. Right. Now, what, when do you think it started changing? About the 90s, maybe? Well, I think it might have started, yeah, 90s, uh, maybe still 80s, somewhere in that area. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now. Uh, I got a friend that lives up in uh, South Carolina. Uh-huh. Mike, Mike. Mike Hessner. Oh yeah, I know, I, I've uh-huh. heard of him. I don't know him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's about time he he got started. Okay. And he got started on his own and running dog too. But can you hook me up? Too. Can you hook me up with him at some point? Uh, yes, I can. Uh, I have to look around here and find his number. Okay, because man, I've been trying and to then, find uh, him, man. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mhm. I got another old older phone that I, that that uh I done discontinued. I think I still got his number in it. Okay. Mhm. Okay. And uh, that's about time you know that he got started a little on on his own and then steady progressed on his own. Mhm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it, you you'll get a kick out of this, man. Um. One of the guys that helped me out a ton, his name was Neil Carter. 
um, down there. I, everybody know that listen to this podcast. I brag on them all the time. But Neil worked for Sincola Plantation for about 46, 48 years, I think. And he's really taught me a whole lot about working a bird dog. Cause you know, I'm, I'm here in Atlanta. So I, my situation is a little bit different, <laughs> you know, like I, I really got to go and I make it a, a, a point to, to get my dog on wild birds. Um, right. And I don't believe, I don't believe in anything less. I know that sounds probably stuck up and snooty, but I no, just, no, it's not. <laughs> I just, no, and I just think that even if I'm from Atlanta, if I'm going to have a bird dog, that dog is going to learn wild birds. And I use pen raised birds mm-hmm. every so often. You know, I'm not about to sit here and lie, but I just think that there's nothing that I can do as a trainer and as a handler that them birds can't do a whole lot better. That's right. Them wild birds is it. That is key. What, that did, is key. Do you keep up with with the guys nowadays, like young field trialers or anything like that? Uh, no, I don't. Okay, okay, no, I don't. Well, well, what when once all of this COVID stuff is over, man, I I gotta come and shake your hand because you know I I got to man. Now, yeah. do I have time for a couple more questions? Sure. Okay. Sure. Okay. Now, in 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 Leesburg. Now, did you grow up? Did your dad or anything like that work with bird dogs, or what? What was no. that like? <laughs> I, I'm out of I'm, I'm I'm out of nine kids. Okay. Uh, and I am the only one that flew with bird dogs. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm the only one that flew with bird dogs. Okay. All right. And that just now, what did your parents say back then? It just well, they didn't say anything. <laughs> yeah, they just like whatever. It just was what it was. Yeah, just 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 what just whatever made me happy. Okay, okay. And I got to fooling with these bird dogs, just a youngster, mm-hmm. and I just fell in love with them. What age were you? Did you say what about how old? Oh, when I first started, started with these dogs, I guess I was probably 12. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, yeah. do, you, do you have a pointer for, for, for pointers over setters or you, you mess around with the short hairs or anything like that? Uh, no, just all, just all pointers and, a, and well, a few setters. Okay. Mm-hmm. You you had any that that really stood out? I'm getting a setter in in the spring, so I gotta ask you. Well, no, I never did have. I, I didn't fool with with them that much. Mm-hmm. I worked a few, you know, when we like uh, going to Canada and stuff. Yeah, but no, I never, I never had to, had the opportunity to to work any for field products. Okay, but uh. But I have seen some good setters. Yeah. Oh, this yeah, it's, it's some it's some jokers out there now, man. It's some yeah. bad boys out there. Yeah. Now, call you some, go was ahead. a settle man, and that's all he had was setters. Who you said? Who was and that? Mister Thor and them guys. Uh huh. Them boogers come out that day with with you and a heartbeat. With a setter. 
Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. Now, yep. what do you think was the thing that made a setter win a field trial? What, what, because I know that's an uphill battle compared to a pointer. Well, I, I don't know, but you know, a setter, but now I have seen some good setters that come out and whoop pointers day in and day out. Yeah. Now, whenever they come out and do that and do a good job at it, they love to place them. Mm-hmm. But now, you know, you don't ever hardly find, find, find any good setter. We had Shadow Oak Bo last time. That was the last one. Mm-hmm. And you got some yep. out there in the West, but. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But now, a lot of people didn't really didn't know Shadow Oak Bo. Really? That's, that was Robin's own. Now, you can look out there and see him. Now, really, he wasn't a great setter because, but he went, he, he, he used to win with him. Why? Okay, so break but that down for me. I have seen him when they, when they work in him and doing, and doing that kind of stuff because, uh, we, uh, the Robinsons, they had a, a big farm over in West Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Well, it was in Mississippi, really, but but it was on the line. Every year when Robin had him in the National, he would come up and work him. Just to look at him in a workout, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have him. Really? So, Did he just look lazy? I, I mean, like what? Lazy, and to me, look like he'd be blanking bird. And this but, is and this is a national champion. This is national champion, and a lot of times you go out there, you know. And I tell you something else too: he didn't want you to catch him. I think maybe this dog, you know, wasn't a running dog. Mm-hmm. I believe he might have been a whip run dog. What you mean by that? He he was getting whipped, yeah. getting his ass kicked while he was running. If he didn't, if he didn't go, if he didn't go on, he got whipped. He got whipped. Yeah. yeah. And I noticed he he didn't want to be caught. He didn't want them to, to put to put the hands on him. You never seen you never seen them catch him right out in the front of in, in the front of people. They always got to get him off to catch him. Really? Mm-hmm. But you know, now that's what it took to, you know, and dogs to get them to go. The old dogs or the new dogs? Well, I'm gonna say well, a lot of the older dogs was like that too. Quick run dogs. Were they tougher than the ones nowadays? Well, I believe they might have been a little tougher. Because they had to be. Mm-hmm, because they had to be. Now, but you really get a quick run dog when you got a hard-headed, bull-headed one. He don't run as strong and as full as you like. Mm-hmm. When that dog's out there, you know, and you can see him when he starts coming back to you, 
You can yeah. take that horse and run that horse at him. And he'll turn all around. Run out there and jump down and grab him and give him a few licks. And then blow that, be blowing that whistle as you're giving him a few licks. Then that dog won't get out there in front of you and he's going to stay on out there. Now, do you think it's overall beneficial for a dog to be whip run like that? Like, now, does I, dogs, I, I know that it, it's not necessarily okay, but is it a better means to an end? Well, that's why I say you got to know your dog. Uh-huh. Some dogs, you can do that too. And if they are coherent to it, could be the best grind handling running dogs you can get. But if they still got a strong nose, because they're going to get out there in front of you, and they're going to lay out there and just stay in that country in front of you. Okay. But stay far enough to where you can win with it. Now, what does that look like? What's the range on that? Well, because you don't, you, you, it depends on the country. I was going to ask you. So, because Ames, I personally don't think the national is an actual all age ranging trial. It is not. It's a shooting dog. It's it's the far end of a shooting dog. dog trial. Right. Shooting dog. So what? And that's that's why whenever you go there, if you got a big running dog, you're gonna gear him down to run the country. Mm-hmm. If you don't gear him down for the country, you're gonna lose him. Yeah. You're gonna run off the course. So, mm-hmm. You got to gear. You're gonna have to gear him down. Get him overweight to where he'll be slower. Really? So you, you fatten him up? Yeah, fatten him up the way he'll be slower. That's why them all-age dogs look so big. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I was like, you can't have no three-hour dog. And this joker look like a 100-meter sprinter. And a three-hour dog, that's a marathon. That little joker need to be looking like a, like, like, you know, a long-distance runner. Mm-hmm. You fatten him up. Yep. Okay. You got you got to fatten him up, put more weight on him. Okay. And then and then you're gonna work him. Then you're gonna be rolling. You're gonna have him in shape, but you're gonna have him slower. Gotcha. If you go out there and if you start off wide old, running way out there and running strong, before them three hours you're gonna lose him. <laughs> really? Mm-hmm. So you got to have him slower. But you smart dog, when he go to the national, you don't run them enough, you got him slower. And then he just runs slower. But then the dog's smart, he knows what he's doing. And then a lot of them, the longer they they dine. And if he's in shape good, at the end of the three hours, he's still going to be jumping good. Okay. 
most of them, you know, four to three hours up, they ain't in shape good. Oh, they, they, they overweight. The, the, the wheels then fell off. The wheels then fell off. All right, so speaking of the wheels falling off, I'm actually uh, trying to make sure I'm not having that same issue with Vegas guiding um, on my hunts. They're, you know, long two and a half, three hour hunts while I'm at Burge and all of that stuff. So I say that to say, if you want to get everything your dog's got, you need nutrition that holds nothing back to help unleash that dog's maximum potential. Check out the new Yukonuba Premium Performance lineup at YukonubaSportingDog.com. The way I read it, you want that dog to start strong, mm-hmm. uh, not dip too low in the middle, about that second hour, right. and right. Ma- maintain in, in how you find spaced out on the second hour. And then, on, on the second hour. and then no more finds at the third hour, just finish strong. Well, you, no, you're going to have to have them, have, have them too on the third hour. But so, okay. The way birds is now, though, you ain't find, finding that many, so you can get by with not. Right. But they do like for them to have fines all all three hours. Okay. The, and the way to do that now, because, see, they they all liberated birds now. Mm-hmm. Well, the Continental is not. No, no, it's not. It's, it's all wild birds. Right. Now that's a good try. I was gonna ask you, so I got a photo of you. It's either at the Masters or the Continental. Mm-hmm. It was. It had to be a couple of years ago because it's recent. Uh, Chris Mathen sent them to me. Um, talk about the Continental, man. I, I would. I want to go to that trial. I tell you, now it ain't like it used to be, but it's still a good trial. What you mean? Oh, I I used to love Continental. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I like the grind, but now uh, since Geraldine Livingston don't is not there anymore, mm-hmm. the grind is not as nice as it used to be. Not as clean up like they used to be, you know. Right. Right. They don't. But, they're not uh, managing it the same. Uh huh. Don't do right. Don't do nothing to maintain it. But Geraldine, she used to maintain it to grow birds. And years, years back, you know, it wasn't nothing to go out there and run in the Continental and go out and have twelve, fifteen, five hundred. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But, nah. They don't. They don't have the birds that they used to have. Mm-hmm. So the competition's they just a little tighter. The ground, the ground as well as they used to. Okay. Because yeah. uh, I I can't think of now what the name of the people now that own it. Tall Timbers. Tall Timbers. Tall Timbers is yeah. in partnership with them. Um, oh, I I I cannot remember the people's names to save my mm-hmm. life, but I know tall timbers is working with them. Cause I was, I was supposed to go down and I'm still waiting to figure it out, but I was supposed to go down and interview those folks down there at Dixie plantation and see, uh, you know, get some history and stuff like that. But I know th- some things have changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. When I was going down there, 
all of the people that was there then is gone now. Mm-hmm. Did you know Pooh Bear? But, a dude named Pooh Bear down yes, here? I, I, yes, I do. I am trying to I, get in contact with him. I heard he was a hell of a dog man. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how to get a hold of Pooh Bear. I, I'll figure it out. He down in Albany. He's down there. Uh, no, Pooh Bear is over is over uh, around the continental, I believe. That's he in. Live over there. Oh, so he, he's around there. Okay, I thought he was yes, still in Albany. Uh, I don't know. He might be. I'll check. I, 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 I can find it now. Did you run with Joe Bush too? Yeah, that's your boy. That's my boy now. Oh yeah, <laughs> tell me yeah. about old Joe. <laughs> I tell you what, now he's a he's a dog man. Okay. Well, I'm telling you. Okay. We have battle and battle and battle, now. Yeah, now he now I tell you what. I I think I'm pretty good at it, but I put Joe next to me. Really? Yes, sir. Really? Yes, That's sir. a mighty noble thing for you to say, man. <laughs> yes, sir. Okay, now what was it that made him so good? I'll tell you what, now he, now he, now Joe, to me, doing field trial, he was my toughest competition. Why was that? Well, all the other guys, I can, I can kind of go out there and do pretty good. And whoop all in. But nah, with Joe, I got to be on my P's and Q's. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The, the, the invitation, when we went, when I was in Albany, down there with John Rick, and Joe was with Bill Rail. Uh-huh. We used to go to the invitation, I think probably five years back to back, or maybe a little longer. Either Joe would win the invitation and I'm runner up. The next year is vice versa. Okay. We done that back to back. <laughs> five, five, probably five years back to back, just like that every year. Dang. Joe champion, I'll be runner up. Either I'll be champion, Joe be runner up. And so that's. And they had some good dogs. Yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah. Joe mm-hmm. was about to get elected to the Hall of Fame, man. Uh huh. Now, why yeah. do you, what? All the, I'm sorry, man. I gotta say, it, all of y'all should be should have at least gotten the nomination, if not the election, to the Bird Dog Hall of Fame. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. One day, uh, man, we, we, we got to figure out a way to advocate for, for all of y'all to be in there because mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. I, 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 I'm really interested in figuring out how to use my platform to do that. But, I mean, you ran for John Rex, you know, Mr. Rail. I met, I met his son, uh, yeah, Bill. Yeah. Freddie, Freddie, yeah. Freddie. Yeah, we ran in the trial together. He whooped my butt, but, you know, it was fun. Um, mm-hmm. 
you know, we got yeah. man in and, and Peck just died so early. Um, it's, yeah. you know, I just, I just want to make sure that, that we advocate for it. So. Well, this year I was, I was, I was going to run for it too this year until this Corona thing came up. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So maybe next year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just, just, just soon, soon this thing done, go down. Uh, yeah. Now, what does the process look like for you on your end? Well, all, all, all I've got to do is go ahead on and uh, write the letter of recommendation. Go ahead and send it in mm-hmm. for my vote. And that'll take me off. And, and, and that'll get me started. Well, look, um, let me know when you do that. Oh, okay. Let me know when you do that. I, I don't, you know, I want to see if I can, you know, sing your gospels, man, and 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 see if we can't get you enough votes in there. Mm, okay, then. All right. You know, and that's my word. Okay. I mean, I, 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 I love bird dogs. I care about bird dog history and equality and all of that stuff, but... Mm-hmm. I think that there are so many of us African-American dog men that just need a voice. Right. You know, because yeah. um, we are the foundation of it. And it ain't no shade. You know, it's, we it's are the foundation of we it. are literally the foundation of it. We are. And um, and that that's <laughs> something that I, that's important to me to do. So, look, let me ask you one more, Mr. Johnson. I know it's, it's getting pretty late and and i i want to make sure i stay in contact with you so and and bug you a little bit about some dog work but you taught Maisie davis didn't you yes i did you taught miss <laughs> Maisie davis talk about that I and sure she, did. she said I, I listened to her on a strideaway interview that uh-huh. you were one of the most if not the most influential trainers that she learned from talk about your your work with her well, Maisie, uh, I I met Maisie when her and Carlton Davis first first started dating. Uh huh. And uh, the first time I met her was in Canada. Okay. And well, then she wasn't she wasn't scouting for Carlton then, but she was just coming just coming to to the trial. But she was. Go out there and ride them horses, you no know, working those dogs. And I think I might be the one that told her that she needs. I, I believe the word. We was in Canada and 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 like carving, you know, he was just getting help, different help, you know, to help him. Mm-hmm. And I told Maisie, I said, Maisie, nobody know these dogs no better than you. You feed them, you work them every day. I said, you know the dogs, the dogs know you, the dogs know your horses. I said, you need to be scouting these dogs. Mm-hmm. And Major said, oh, that she couldn't do it. And so, well, then I don't know when she started, but then the next time I seen her, she was. Scouting And for I started giving her a lot of input on what to do and how to do. And she was receptive to it. She, yeah, she was. Okay. Now, yeah, what was. what was one of the things that you told her, if you don't mind me asking? Well, 
I told her that uh, you know your dogs, Maisie. I said, well, why don't you just scout these dogs for carving? I said, because y'all work them all the time. And then she didn't want to work. She didn't want to scout the all these dogs. Carving was running shooting dogs, too. And she said she maybe she can do the shooting dog because she wouldn't have to be riding that much, you know, with those shooting dogs. So she started. Mm-hmm. And then when she started, I said, now you see how easy these shooting dogs is? I said, the shooting dogs and all these dogs will be just the same. You might just have to go a little further, go a little deeper. But it's all the same. Just got to put in I can't remember. I can't remember what dog it was. I, it was a dog of Tobe Stalling. I can't remember the dog. But she said, okay, and she scouted her first all-age dog and won a championship somewhere over over around Abbott King. Okay. And when she won that championship, she called me and told me, excited, and she's been scouting ever since. <laughs> <laughs> he said yeah. she she got the addiction. Now, what what why do we love field trials, man? What is it about it, you know, that carries it so much? And particularly about about these southern dogs, man. I think we I think that we fundamentally produce some some dang good dogs in Georgia. What is it about that down here? Well, I'll tell you with me, it's the thrill. Uh-huh. It's the thrill. That's why I love it. Just being able but to watch it, them. It's the thrill. Okay. I love the thrill and I love the challenge. Okay. All right. And and I still do. Even though I ain't doing it, but I still do. You're not going. You're not training for anybody. You don't have your own dogs. Uh, no, but because uh, I'm, I'm a private trainer. Okay. I'm still, I'm working private. So private, working private. I can't take in no public dogs. I got you. Okay. Uh huh. But you but, you still got your hands on the dogs though. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. I went and picked up. I went uh, Saturday. And picked up me a pup. So I got me a pup here in the yard now. One for yourself? One for myself. Yes, sir. So I'm finna get started with him. And since Fred and I ain't doing it no more, I'm finna get started with him. And if he turn out, I'll be out there soon. Well, look now, uh, I need to stay in contact with you. I want to keep up with that little pup, man. Oh, okay. I want to keep up with that little pup. So, all right. Let's let, let's let's be sure to do that. Look, my last thing, man, for my the the folks that's my age, my generation. I'm 30 now. What would you say to us guys that's trying to learn and 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 make a better bird dog? What would you say? Well. Do and make a better bird dog. I think what you need to do is, like you said, work this dog. I think the more you can keep him, 
on Wirebird, the better you can, the better your dog will be. But just work this dog. What to do is just try to learn your dog mm-hmm. to where you don't have to be overpressuring him. Because as you work in this dog, if you overpressure one, you can side one sometimes to where he don't don't like it. Make sure your dog like you. That's important. Yeah. That's important. Yeah. If you got a dog that like you, that dog will work for you. You can push them as hard you as get, you need to. You get one that disliking you, he ain't gonna work for you. Mm-hmm. You think now sometimes dogs, dogs just, just don't like match people. up with folks? You think some sometimes <laughs> dogs just don't match up with people, don't matter how hard you try? Yes, it is. You got those kind too. Okay. But now you can tell it. If this dog if you there, you know, and this dog always want to keep to itself, don't want to have nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. That is one that kind of put on the backbone and yeah. get you something that do like you. Maybe that, like, maybe that other like one will come around, but don't fool around with it too much. Right, right. Dogs are just like people. You yeah. get people that like you, you got a friend. They'll work for you. Mm-hmm. You get somebody that disliking you, all they're going to try to do is cut your throat. Dog the same way. That's real. Wow. Okay. Dog, now, now that's not been my experience with them. Well, I mean, you you <laughs> you got well over 40 years of messing around with them, so I think you know what you're talking about. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I feel like you know what you're talking about. <laughs> At minimum. Um, well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a big advocate for it. And I believe in, in, I, I like field trialing. I know it's not for everybody, but to me, I grew, uh, you know, like I ran a 400 meter hurdles for Albany state, right? Like I ran on scholarship Mm -hmm. and, and did all of that. Um, I believe in good, healthy competition and I believe in, in putting 1000% into whatever it is that you do, particularly with bird dogs. Uh-huh. And they know it. They know when they know when you are pouring yourself into them. Yes. You know, so I, I listening to you, it sounded like you had a big heart for these dogs and you poured everything you had into if you had a string of twenty. Mm-hmm. Every last one of them got it. it yes. Yes. So I just I I, I want to make sure that that is something that I continue to uh, you know study. I, I I think we just need to be students of the dog is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's right. Yep, that's right. So uh-huh. now I got yep. one one last silly question for you, and I'll let you go. 
I had a buddy. I got a buddy of mine. His name is Steeple Bell. He he writes for American Field. There was a photo of you with a uh, like a like a. It's a you had you were field trialing. You had like a like an Indian blanket looking coat. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, yes. Uh huh. (laughs) My buddy wanted to know where you got that coat from. <laughs> he he told me to ask you that. Oh, uh, I got that coat. Uh, precious. I don't. I don't remember. You know, I don't remember where I got that coat from. <laughs> <laughs> I get so many different coats. I, <laughs> I had to I ask. <laughs> Where did I get that coat from? I think I, I I know where it come from. What's that? But they out of business now. Hey, come from Wilson Dunn. Wilson Dunn. Uh huh. Okay. All right. Uh, he had a he had a tight and uh Wilson shop there in in Grand Junction. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh-huh. I'm gonna I'm gonna let him know. <laughs> he said, "Look, man, that coat is cool. Where you get it from?" Oh man. Well, yeah. Mr. Johnson, it has been a pleasure, and please, please, please consider me a friend. I, you know, I I would love to keep talking dogs and and, and keep up with with everything you got going on. Oh, all righty, okay. Yeah, yeah. And- I'm going to look around, too, and I'm going to find Mike Hessner's number. Okay. And when I do, I'll give you a call, and then I'll call him also and tell him that you're probably going to be giving him a call, so that way, you know, he he won't be shocked when you call him. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. I have been trying to get a hold of that man for a long time now, so I, I would appreciate it if you if you can. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Well, Mr. Johnson, thank you so much. What I'm going to do, I'm basically going to go back through this interview. I want to publish it as a podcast, but then I'm going to go back through and and get all the the um information that that you gave on here and and you're going to be a chapter in my book. I mean, I think you've done a tremendous amount for the bird dog world and um I think you should be honored in that way. So, all right, I still do appreciate it. Yeah, and, man, and I'm gonna, of course I'm gonna send you a few and copies. I'll get some together for you. Okay. I tell you what, uh, just send me your your address or something, and when I get I get a few pictures together, I just send them to you. Can I text your cell phone number now? Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. Yes. Perfect. So yep. that, I'll I'll send a text message to this number and uh, with okay. my address and stuff like that. Oh, all righty. Okay, right. man. And if you ever talk to old Joe Bush, you just tell him I said hello. And uh, well, I still see him from time to time. You know, like uh, all of my relatives. Uh huh. It's down. It's down in Albany and Leesburg, so I, I still get to go down there. You know, and I I still see him, and and we still and and Joe and I we talk often. So did, did y'all now? Did y'all grow up together? Well. When I first started with dogs, Joe was living where well, we we still growed up together going to field trial. Okay. But Joe 
he he's from uh hmm, what what was it? Fitzgerald, Georgia. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, but after we got to know one another well, you know, like he would come over and visit, then I would drive over and visit him, you know. But uh, but yes, we did. We growed up together, and when I first started field trialing. I met Joe then. Okay. And see, we've been we've been knowing each other all this time. Now, what, y'all y'all competed against each other, but did did y'all ever help each other too? Oh yes. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. Can you end me with yeah. that story? I'm sorry. I got to ask. <laughs> yeah, like uh like now, you know, like if the the last time you know when I go to trials you know it's Joe he come we hit one another and like back then you know like when we scouting mm-hmm. yeah we race together I help Joe if Joe get out of pocket I fill in for him you know until he get back then he would do the same thing you know with with my dog okay. And so we always been helpless to one another. Okay. And that's what everybody knows with the fight. Mm-hmm. But y'all, y'all competed against each other, but you respected each other. Yes, each other, but we respect one another and we hope one another. Right. If you saw some, you if you saw the other man's dog on point, you tell him. It. If you saw the other man's dog on on point, you tell him his dog is on point. I would stop doing whatever I'm doing. I would stand there and call point and wait till they get there, and then show them where the dog is, and then I leave to go find mine. That's that's the way it should be. And Joe would do me the same way. Mm-hmm. And that's why Joe and I, we got along so well. We're big buddies. We respected one another. We hope one another. Mm-hmm. We weren't out there trying to cut one another's throat the way the other people be doing. Right. Did they you see that? that. And, and, and with a lot of black scouts, did we, did we do that to each other? Well, you know. Cause I know I man, believe, I, I know man and Beck didn't get along. Yeah, I believe some of that was going on. Okay, but as far as I know, of Joe and I never did. But you know, but we have to take a cheering from the people that we were working for. Mm-hmm. They didn't like it, right? But see, and I guess that's what made Joe and I as good and successful as we are because we were not that time to cut one another's throat. Yeah. Y'all were going to get to work. The dog, the dog was just going to do good work anyway. It wasn't no sense anyway. of y'all cutting each other down. Uh, that's right. There you go. If the dog do good, I want to see the dog do good. It don't matter whether it's mine or not. Right. It doesn't. The, the other man dog does a good job. You just, you applaud it. He just done it. Yeah. I got a cow. And, <laughs> a lot 
lot of the other people didn't see it that way. All they all they was looking at was for the dollar and for the prestige of it. Mm-hmm. But I could get more out of it by letting the, if the dog doing his job and doing it well. I don't mind hitting that dog alone. Yes, sir. Whether it's my dog or whoever dog it is. Yes, sir. Now, did you did you did you know any better? Uh, who did you look up to when you got into bird dogs? That that was before your time. Who did you look up to? Well, before my time, when I, I have heard about Pat Kelly, mm-hmm. I read about Pat Kelly. So you were reading about him by the time you got around. Yes. Uh huh. Wow. But not, okay. But now. I know, I know, I know them personally, but I, ne- but I never did, you know, do it in the bird dog business because I went to school with, with, with his kids. Okay. So, I know his kids well, and so that's you, the way I know him. So he, not, was, he was old enough for his kids and your kids to be the, roughly the same age. Yes. Okay. His kid, his kids, and I am same age. Okay. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. I growed up with his kids, and his daughter and I was in the same class together. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so you were one day going to be competing against her daddy. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Man, uh-huh. I I hated that he died. Thinking about mm-hmm. it now, he died relatively young. Yes, uh huh. You know, if yes. we, thinking about it now in that, in that car accident. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, dang man, that's that's cool. And if you done been to Albany, ninety uh, one. Oh, I know ninety one. Going into Albany, yes, sir. Right there, it, it used to be a little single road. Uh, the train trussle. Uh-huh. When you come in all been on ninety one. Uh-huh. Like you're coming from Lee from from Lee County. From north side, yeah. Then you get there, you know, to that traffic light. You make a left turn to go into Albany. Yes, sir. Well, right there when you go under nineteen. And then right there where about that little bridge is where that train track. It mm-hmm. used to be a little single, a little two lane, a little two lane bridge was there mm-hmm. with with iron trusses all of it. Right now, was what we had his wreck at. Right there. Say say that last part one more time. Uh, it's a train train track the bridge. Mm-hmm. But it was just a little narrow iron bridge. Yeah. Well, that's what it is. And that's what I did. I feel it right there. So that's where he had that accident. Mm-hmm. Dang. That's where he had his accident. And it flipped that whole car too, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Sure it did. Dang, man. That's crazy. I what now was it just him in there? Was it anybody else? Uh, it was somebody else was in that wedding, but I don't remember who who it was. Uh huh. Yeah, but Peck he always has been a 
fast driver. Yeah. He didn't know what speed limit was. So and that that, that ultimately you. got him on got it on him. Yeah, mm-hmm, right there. Yep. Dang man, I know, I know where you talk. I know where you're talking about because I, I back then in in 2011, I was flying mm-hmm. down that same road. I know exactly where you're talking about. Yeah. Dang man, well, I just i i would I would like to see either you or Joe in the Hall of Fame. Um, you know, and it it just be nice to see someone living uh, that looked like us. You know, right? It right. It, it just would be nice, man. Like, <laughs> I I I know I'm saying this on air, and I hope that enough field trialers listen to it to vouch for it. But you know, I I think that would be something really special, something very unique, mm-hmm. um, and something yeah. deserving. I mean, you've done the work, man. Now, that's right. you know, so um, now now you got a friend out of me, Mr. Johnson. I'm going to bug you now. <laughs> well, all right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be bugging you. white guys, that's done been good in in the bird dog field. Mm-hmm. Let's see what it is. If they would send in recommendations for us, that'll help us along. But instead, we have to send them in ourselves. Yeah. Well, you you let me know when that time. I mean, I, I keep up with it, mind you. Like, <laughs> I, I keep up with it. Okay. But when you start getting yours together after COVID, after all of this, let me know. And we're going to start pushing your letter through my podcast. Um, oh, okay. I got, right. I got about, shoot, man, about 130-something thousand views and downloads all over the world oh all right and, and enough and i you know pardon me you know i, I ain't trying to be like that like I'm, I'm not trying to drop numbers i just want to know that you you got i'm on your side like i want to use what i'm doing to make to to at least give it a, a hell of a home run opportunity to get you in the hall of fame and if not to get joe in the hall of fame but okay Right, right. You know, um, because it just doesn't make no sense, man. And, you know, Mr. Johnson, you know how many of us it is now that's running good bird dogs, like young black men running good bird dogs now, man? About the, 10. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is about 10 that I can think of, and we need a whole lot more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we we need more of us, man. <laughs> now look, I'm gonna say the ten of us it is. Now we run a hell of a bird dog though. I will tell you that. <laughs> uh-huh. We just ain't got the numbers to hold it through. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we're look, uh-huh. we're a little short on numbers, but damn it if we can't run a good dog. So <laughs> Oh, now you say it. Now you said it. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Well, look, that's, right. that's cool. Well, I'm going to, what I'm going to do, um, I'm going to go ahead and publish this podcast. I'm going to look over it for like a day or two. 
um, make sure mm-hmm. everything is good, edited, and so on and so forth. And um, I'm going to send you the internet link um, to now. What what kind of phone you got? What kind of phone? Yeah, oh, I just got an Android. Okay, cool. Yep. I'm going to send yep. you the link to this podcast and everything. And um, we're going we gonna to get us a book, Mr. Johnson. We're going we gonna to get us into bird dog history like we're supposed to be in. Oh, all right. Okay. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I, I can't thank you enough. Um, I'm going to be giving you a call. Now, look, I'm sorry. Last, this is the, the real last question. What what uh, bloodline is that little, that little young dog you got coming out of? Man, I don't, I, I don't went brain dead right now. Uh, goodness, the, the trainer that I got him from is uh, Mike. Oh my goodness, it's bad to go brain dead. It's all good. I just had to ask. It's all good. I got, I got him from Mike Crouch. Oh, from Crouch. From Crouch Kennels up in, in Dixon, in, Kentucky. In Kentucky, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Man, yeah. you know I'm trying to, I'm, I'm working on getting them on the podcast, too. I'm going to message them and let them know oh, that okay. you got one of their dogs. Man, they some good folks. Yeah, they are. They are. Okay. Yes, they are. You got uh-huh. you a you got you a dang yeah. good dog there too, man. <laughs> yeah. Shoot, Mr. Johnson yeah. about to be back on the map real quick. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so I went and picked him up Saturday morning. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, now we really got to do it. So look, once this COVID <laughs> stuff is over, don't for you know I'm gonna bug you anyway, so you don't forget about me. Once it's all over, let's go run some dogs, man. All right. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. Well, Mr. Johnson, yeah. thank you so much. Um, like I said, I'm going to look over this. I'm going to put the entire podcast together. I'm going to send you the link, and then and this will go in the book. You know, we're going to get this done. Oh, all right. Okay. <laughs> all right. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, have, have you talked to Joe Bush to get any information from him? I haven't. Um there's one guy that I know that lives next, like a couple of doors down from him that I'm mm-hmm. going to go and try and get in contact with him. But he's in, in, in uh, either Albany or, or Sylvester. So I'll, I'll be able to get him regardless. Okay. Well, Joe, he's in Albany. And uh, if you need to, I got all, all, all of his information. Can you send that? That honestly would be a lot easier. Can you send it to me? Mm-hmm. Yes, I can send it to you. Okay, perfect, perfect. We can do that, yeah. and, and the, the sooner you send me that and Mike Hester, um, shoot, man, I'll reach out to him and we get him on the podcast and get them written down, too. Oh, okay, then. Okay, then. Uh, I'll see, can I have you, uh, Mike, Mike, information, and Joe, hopefully uh, no later than Friday. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Let's do it, man. Okay. So, all right. Well, Mr. Johnson, <laughs> thank you so much. I can't, I, I'm going to say a thank you a, a thousand times. Well, you're quite welcome. Quite welcome. I'm sure glad that I could do it. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, I look forward to talking to you soon, and uh, and I'm going to get you to send this, this podcast. Oh, all right. Okay. All right. And I thank you, too. Yes, sir. All right. All right. Talk to you soon. All right, then.